And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson, and good evening, everyone. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. We want to welcome you to tonight's show. Stan, Wendy, and myself, we're off doing various and sundry things, but we still have a great show lined up for you tonight. First off, we're going to have Steve Carson. He is head of the Penn University. And Steve will be talking to us about various methods of fishing off our Southern California coast that you'll want to know about so you can catch those fish that are biting right now. Also with us is Billy Chapman. Billy Chapman is the owner of Angler's Inn. Angler's Inn is now located in Mexico, Canada, the Amazon, and now coming up this year, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So we're going to catch up with Billy, find out what he's doing. So, guys, just sit back and relax. Get your favorite beverage. We're ready to start Rod and Reel Radio. So, JR, take it away. Hey, let's get on, though, with our first guest. You know, you hear a lot about fishermen going down to some of these exotic islands off the coast of Baja. One of them is Cedros Island. There's a couple of ways to do it. You can do it on a long-range trip. Spend about 40 hours at least to get down there, 40 hours to get back. Or you can go with one of the guides like Cedros Outdoor Adventures, fly on there, have a trip. And we just happened to have a fellow. He came into the shop during the week. He was telling me about the trip that he made down to Cedros Island. I thought I'd bring him on because he's just an everyday fisherman like us that signed up went down there, and he's going to share some of his experiences with us. Let me introduce you all to Steve from Ramona. And, Steve, thank you for being with us. Hi, John. Hey, it is great to have you. Wendy Toshihara is also with us tonight. But, Steve, talk a little bit about your experiences in fishing Cedrus Island before you actually had a trip, a chance to go down there and fish off the island itself. Well, I fished long range for maybe 15 years, and it seems like almost every trip we would stop at Cedros and catch a lot of yellowtail and some bass and some other fish, and I just I thought it would be neat someday to go uh, fish off the island, and I got the chance to do it this year, and it was a really neat experience. I had a great time. So, you know, you've, been, uh, you've stopped there many times when fishing long-range trips, yes. and you, uh, you know, kind of thought to yourself, 
hey, it would be neat maybe to start off at the island and maybe fish from the island, and you finally had the opportunity to do that. Tell us how that came about. Had the opportunity. Um, i I'd seen uh, the guys at the Fred Hall show before and talked to a buddy of mine, and he was planning to go down there. We, we got a group of, I think there was nine of us, and we had pretty much had to lodge to ourselves and um, plan the trip, and it was, it was, real, it was very smooth. We, we met at the border. Everything was on time. Left our car in a locked uh, parking lot. Took a van all the way to um, Ensenada. Uh, took a plane, and we were fishing, I think, at 2 o'clock, 2.30. We were fishing Yellowtail uh, the, the day we left. It was very nice. Got there on a Monday and fished Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and had, had a super time. Uh, something, in fact, where I talked to one of my buddies today, and he's actually planning another trip down there. He was, he was going, we got to go again. That was so much fun. And we caught a lot of fish. Did very, very well. Um, a couple people, um, me included, had our um, our biggest yellowtail ever. One day, one day we targeted the uh, home guard yellowtail. I got one that was close to 50 pounds. A friend of mine, Randy, uh, he got one that was about 60, and his wife got one that was 62 pounds. Just spectacular um, fishing for yellowtail. Uh, very, very good. Had a great time. Wow. Now, uh, going on down there, you got there, uh, the plane lands at about 11 o'clock. You're greeted by, I presume, presume you were uh, greeted uh, by Jose from uh, uh, Cedros Outdoor Adventures, and he took you to the yes. Baja Magic Lodge. What What did you think about the lodge? You know, it was, it was a, a very good experience. They met us at the airport, grabbed all of our, our gear, put it on the truck, got in the truck, and it was maybe a 10, 15-minute ride at the most um, in the truck to the lodge. The lodge was very nice. It was uh, two-story, and I, I had an upstairs room, and a million-dollar view with a balcony right on a little bay. Um, the, the accommodations were great. Had um, two people to a room. Um, the weather was, I think, the hottest day was 72, and the coldest night was 68. It was just spectacular weather, and the lodge, the food was great. Um, I have some food allergies, and they accommodated me very, very well. Had, had no issues and more than enough food. I think I had probably gained a pound or two. I shouldn't have, but <laughs> the food was very, very good. And the lodge was great. Um, was, it was, uh, it was a, a lot nicer. It looked nice on the Internet, but it was a lot on the website, but it was a lot nicer when you got there. Very yeah. nice. You know, you were talking about uh, you had to make some special provisions because of uh, dietary restrictions you had. Uh, is that something you arranged with them just ahead of time? So yeah. by the time we you got there, they knew all about it, and there, there was no hassle, no problem? Nope. They, we set it up ahead of time, and it worked perfect. Um, we had two people in our group that had uh, dietary issues, and they took care of both of us. Uh, it, was, it was very, very nice. Um, the food, you know, you have breakfast every morning before you get on. The, you know, breakfast is, I think, is about 5.15, 5.30. You get on the boat at 6, and you can stay out fishing until 6 o'clock at night if you want. Uh, 12 hours in the boat, you have two to three people per ponga. Um, captains were pretty good. They, they knew the island, um, and they put us on fish pretty much uh, all day long. It was, uh, it was very good. One, you know, one that's one of the great things. That's one of the great things about going to Cedros is that, when anywhere else you get a ponga, you maybe fish until noon, and then they take their siesta. You get a fish for 12 straight hours if you want, and you can come in early, have lunch, 
back at back at the hotel or and go back out later if you feel like it. So that's yeah, one, one, one great advantage. One day we had we had I think we had limits almost every day except for the day we were looking for the big fish and we were trying to get you know everybody's personal best. And we I did come in one day because I had my limit by ten o'clock and then we went and got some bass and. I think by one I came in and took a nap. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Steve, how about bringing your gear down there? Because I know they fly down there in smaller Cessnas, and then, you know, you're you're hauling your gear from one vehicle to another to the lodge. Uh, How tough was that to do? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think I hauled my gear. Somebody picked it up for me the whole way. They put it on the plane. They took it off the plane. They brought it to the lodge. Um... If you didn't want to have to tie a hook, you didn't have to tie a hook. They would take care of everything. When we finished fishing each day, they brought our poles to the front of the lodge. They washed them down with fresh water. Uh, they, the rods and reels were washed every day. Then they took them up top, and you just left them outside your room um, on the balcony, and you tied hooks and got them ready for the next day. It, it was, it was very, I didn't expect that. That was very nice. Um, you don't have to touch... If you didn't want to put bait on your hook, they would bait the hook and throw it out for you. And they, they're, they're pretty good. You know, now, what about fish cleaning? They cleaned the fish. They um, vacuum-packed it and froze the fish. The nine of us brought back over 50 pounds each, and it was, it's, it's very good quality. We've had it a few times, and it's, it was very good. They did a good job of taking care of the fish. We're, we're, we were very, very impressed with them. You know, Woody, just uh, what they do is uh, to provision the lodge, uh, the fishermen take home the fish in these big freezer packs, and uh, uh, they are frozen and, and stay with the fishermen all, all the way down to they get to their vehicles at the border. Normally, they ask the fishermen to bring ice chests with them so they can take the fish uh, and put it in those ice chests. And then whoever it is that's shuttling them back and forth, goes back into Ensenada, they provision up at Costco and get everything they need or any of the stores to, to buy what they need, and then they make it on back over to the lodge, and it's that recycling that keeps the lodge provisioned and then also keeps uh, great fish going out to the fishermen. Yeah, my fish was frozen solid when I got it home. I have three, fe- uh, three freezers at home. I do a lot of fishing, and uh, I just added it to the fish I had in there, and it was very nice. It was they do they do a very good job. I, I plan to go back. Now, Steve, uh, everybody in our group wanted to go back. What uh, about what day on the calendar were you there? We were there on the dark of the moon in August, which I think was maybe the fourteenth, thirteenth, something like that. We went on a Monday, um, came back on a Friday, and the fishing was great. Uh, my friend Joe, who set the whole trip up, planned it a year in advance, and in fact, he's planning another trip right now. And um, it, w- it was great. We had a good time, caught a lot of fish. We, we had one experience. We were maybe a quarter mile outside the harbor, and I was, it was two of us on the Pongo, Joe, Joe and I, and we came across a school of yellowtail that were just hammering a, a bait ball. It was like we were in a National Geographic special. There were so many yellowtail, <laughs> and we, we, we threw into it, and both of us hooked up, and it was, I've never seen anything like that with all my years of fishing. It was just spectacular. I think we each pulled in maybe a 25, 30-pound yellowtail. It was great. And it now, lasted about five minutes, and they just devoured this bait ball, and all that was left on the surface was scales, just scales everywhere. It was pretty neat. That was, that was, that, that was one of the best experiences we had. 
you know, we had heard that the fishing down there had kind of died out because of the warm water and all the fish are are being pushed up to the north here and are off our Southern California coast. And the fishing had died out there. What, even in August, what range of fish did you have available for you to catch there? We caught all the yellowtail we wanted, um, lots of calicos. Um, one of one of the guys in the group caught a nice white sea bass. We had a free diver with us, and he was telling us everything he was seeing down there. And he he couldn't get any yellowtail, but he got um, sheep's head, lots of calicos, and he said there was a lot of big yellowtail. He couldn't get close enough to get the yellowtail, but he said there was a lot of big ones that he was seeing. Um, and that's pretty much what we targeted was calicos because we ate a lot of calicos when we were there. Um, the, like one night they made us sashimi, yellowtail and calico bass, and it was spectacular. It wow. was um, very nice. The you food was great. Any, Every night. Can't get any fresher than that. No, I mean, we, you, you catch it and you're eating it that day. It was pretty nice. Um, you know, fresh fresh tortillas every night with dinner, no matter what you were having. Um, they pack your lunch every day and plenty of water. Um, they have fresh water on the island. I think they have a wells. Um, you don't drink the water, but they have lots of bottled water and um, plenty of drinks, whatever you want. And it was very good. I, like I said, we would, we would all go back again. It was very, very nice. You know, as a side note, Cedrus Island is the only island off the uh, coast of Baja that has an artesian well in it. And oh, okay. the uh, water starts from the mountains on the Baja Peninsula and goes through underneath the ocean and comes out there to at Cedrus Island. And that's where their source of fresh water is. And that's why there's been humor and habitation on that island. I think they can go back as far as uh, 12,000 years. So wow. really an unusual situation. Just uh, one more thing. The, 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 um, the pongas you were fishing off of, uh, good quality, uh, uh, got were, you around okay? They were spectacular because most of the time it seemed like we were fishing on the, the lee of the island and not many waves. And, well, you could cover ground. We'd, we'd be fishing for calicos and get a call on the radio. Hey, they're, they're hitting yellowtails up at the other end and, and take you 20 minutes and you'd be going probably 15, 20, maybe 25 knots. Just zip around the island and it was very smooth, uh, very nice. Um, you know, it was it was, it was very good. The pongas were very nice. Um, I, I did get um, beat up because of sitting on there and with your leg, you know, your legs get a workout on the ponga because you're real <laughs> close to the water. And it, my legs were tired for a couple of days when I got home from being on the water all that time. You know, other, yeah, other than that, it was pretty good. I know you think you don't get enough fishing in, and I've got to tell you, at the end of the day, by the time you get back, you you clean up a little bit, you have something to eat. It's only maybe about 8 or 8.30, and, man, you are beat. You've had a full day. I was asleep every night before 9. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was I was out. I'd eat dinner, get my gear ready, lie down, and it was time to get up and go fishing again. It was, it was great. Well, Steve from Ramona, uh, I want to thank you for relating that experience. Just Outdoor Adventures. Uh, I think yours is very typical of what happens to most of the guests out there that stay with uh, Melanie and Jose. And I want to thank you for giving up some of your Sunday night to be with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. We look forward to seeing you in the shop maybe in the next couple of weeks, Steve. All right. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Right. Hey, if you want to check out, too, uh, uh, going on an adventure like Steve was talking about, call Cedrus Outdoor Adventures at 619 793 5419. They had a bunch of specials going that if you 
signed up for next year or for later on this year. So you're just going to have to talk to them, see if those specials are still going. Say hello to Melanie or Jose. Tell them Rod and Real Radio sent you. And Steve, again, glad you had a great time. I look forward to being down there, hopefully before the end of this season. Hey, that's it for the first segment of Rod and Real Radio. Wendy and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. 
It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, guys, let's get on to our first guest because he really is a fun fellow to talk to. He is a director of the Penn Fishing University. He's a well-known writer. You probably... Uh, Read a lot of his stories and a lot of publications throughout Southern California here. He's also a lecturer. I know you've seen him at a lot of trade shows. He's a good friend of Rod and Real Radio, Mr. Steve Carson. Steve, welcome to the show. Good evening, and good evening to Stan and, of course, Wendy, too. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Well, you know, uh, Steve, Stan put it in a nutshell. The fishing has been pretty darn good especially on the saltwater side over here. I mean, uh, in recorded memory, uh, does anyone think that this is not absolutely one of the banner years on the saltwater side for fishing? Well, uh, people have asked me that question, and I'm going to be a slight, a very slight voice of dissension, partially because I'm so old and I remember <laughs> stuff from a long time ago. 1983, the Great El Nino... Despite as many fish as are being caught right now, 83 was better. There were more. Um, yellowfin, yellowtail, dorado, skipjack, all that. There were actually quite a substantial number more. But, and this is the big asterisk in that, this year compared to 83, the fish are closer, number one, that's a good thing. And probably more important, the average size this year is probably double what the average size was in 83. I mean, you could go out, it was nothing to catch 100 yellowfin, 100 yellowtail, and 100 dorado on an overnight trip in 83, and the jackpot fish would be 10 and a half pounds. Right. So, you know what? These definitely are the good old days. I think, you know, I remember 83, and it, and it was really good fishing, but we didn't have this bluefin, and we certainly had nothing quite the size, 200 pounds next to the beach. Well, well, right, and and in '83, what we did have again, everything's double. We what we had was, if you went out look for them, you could get big eyes, yes, and if yes. you were lucky, they were 75 to 100 pounds. Exactly you know, so that right. was sort of the the tactical equivalent of of what the bluefin is this year. And again, this year, those bluefin are even bigger. So, uh, again, across the board, the average size compared to '83. The average size of the fish we're catching this year is at least double, if not maybe a little bit more than double. Because some of those Dorado back then, they were uh, they weren't even barely necktie Dorado. They were uh, they were bow tie Dorado. They, they were they were pretty small. But uh, again, it, even if it wasn't as good as '83, that was 32 years ago. That means half the people listening out there in the audience were not even born. Yep. So you know, Stephen, it's, that was, it's pretty amazing. That was before the time when we had uh, the Saners going out and knocking them dead and all kinds of things happening. And, you know, I mean, we've even had the Navy being blamed for sonar and the activities that they're doing out off our local coast for scaring a lot of these fish away. But for some reason, the summer of 2015, that just doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, so it, if you're grousing around and not and saying I'm not catching anything, it's because you haven't left the couch. <laughs> so now you can be forgiven if you know if you don't want to go out and battle the traffic and battle the crowds of Labor Day. 
Guess what? That ends tomorrow. And traditionally, whether it was in 1983 or virtually any year before or since, the best month for saltwater fishing in Southern California is always the last half of September, the first half of October, because the fishing's as good or better than it is in midsummer, and there's no crowds, and the weather's usually better. So if, you, if you've had excuses for why you haven't gone, throw them out the window, get yourself out on that water. That's why I'm leaving next Friday for five days. <laughs> right? <laughs> you've got a charter going too, don't you? I have one uh, September 17th through the 19th on the Legend. Right, and uh, we have another one uh, uh, with Ron Real Radio September the 21st on the Sea Adventure 2. So, man, perfect timing on our part, I think. Well, I'll wave to you guys because I'll, I'll be out on the searcher on a six-day, the 13th through the uh, 19th. So I'll be waving. You'll see. You, you'll, you'll know it's me. Wait a minute. Maybe. Who's going to do the radio show? <laughs> I don't know. Here, I, I leave the 11th. I'll be back on the 17th. You're leaving... Uh, Wendy's leaving somewhere in the middle of that. Um, I, I think this calls for a pre-taping. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> hey, well, Steve, here's here's one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight. We kind of talked about it last week. We know that down here in San Diego, the Everingham brothers do one heck of a job to supply the bait barges in San Diego Bay and Mission Bay and then also up at Dana Point with bait. But... There's been a lot of instances where the boats get up to the bait barge and there is an out-of-bait sign posted. That's happened this week. It's happened at all the bait barges. Can we talk a little bit about what are some of the things that we can do when we're planning to go out? We know there's a, a great mass of fish out there. We know they're biting. What are some of the things we can do to catch fish when we don't have bait or we have very little of it or it's not good bait? Well, and, and you know, even when there's limited amounts of bait, the the the, uh, the bait companies tend to make sure that the that the party boats have got bait. So, luckily, the private boaters have got a little couple little different tricks they can pull out of their hat and uh, and do stuff that the big boats can't do. You know, the big boats when they can start sh- start just throwing you know, $40 scoops of bait over the side for chum. That can be pretty hard to compete with when you're a small boater with with one scoop of bait in the whole boat. Um, Even if you can't buy any live bait, you know, try to go buy, you know, a bait shop or or even a seafood place and get uh, a couple bags of, you know, frozen whatever you can get. Uh, uh, Frozen sardines is best. It can be frozen herring. It can be frozen anchovies. You know, get what you can get. Fresh is better, but frozen is better than having nothing. And chunking is not a new technique. It's been around, you know, as long as people have been fishing, and, and long-range anglers have, have most likely virtually all seen it. A lot of local anglers have not seen chunking. But it's, it's sort of, it's so passive, it almost seems like it shouldn't work. But basically, you're cutting your, your bait up, you know, well, again, whether it's sardine or mackerel or anchovy, if you if you can catch some bonita or catch some skipjack, so much the better. And you're cutting it up into relatively small pieces. Now, I didn't coin this term, but the term is kind of getting more popular: potato chip chunking, where instead of you know taking your sardine traditionally, you would take a sardine and cut them you know into four pieces, cut them in half, and cut each piece in half. And, and, and those would be your chunks. So you get four pieces out of each sardine. If you slice that sardine 
you know, almost like you're making a steak, but but wafer thin, literally as thin as a potato chip. Where if you hold it up to light, you can you can kind of read a newspaper through it. That's still okay. And so now you can get eight, ten, twelve pieces off the sardine. Plus, you still have the head and the tail. So maybe you got fourteen pieces. And if you've got limited amounts of money and limited amounts of of ability to carry bait. You throw one of those little little wafers, for want of a better word, of a sardine over about every 30 seconds. If you're throwing over a quarter sardine every 30 seconds, you're going to go through a lot of sardines by the end of the day. And if you're just throwing these little wafers over, um, you, can, you can make it go a long time. You don't have to throw big handfuls. One every 30 seconds, just make sure it's a regular thing. So it's like, you know, it's like a little breadcrumb trail for the fish to follow, and they will follow it. It might take, it's funny, I was looking at uh, at a, a thing online uh, today where somebody was complaining they tried chunking, and it didn't work after 30 minutes, so they left. <laughs> well, <laughs> about 15 minutes after they left, the fish started to bite. I guarantee you exactly yep. where they were. Um, you know, it takes a little while. You know, you got to figure, you got to you got to wait for, for that, that bait to really disseminate you know, hundreds if not thousands of yards down current, and it takes a while for the fish to kind of swim swim up towards it. And then, you know, the water's been clear this year, obviously, and you can, you can look down when your baits are, you know, 20, 30 feet down. You can still see them, maybe even 50 feet down in some cases. If all of a sudden they're gone, that means something ate them. <laughs> hey, Steve, <laughs> so that's if, a clue. If you're doing this uh, technique that you call uh, tater chip uh, uh, chunking, when you actually hook something onto your hook, are you hooking that wafer on there, or are you taking a regular size chunk and putting it on? And no, you, you're you're putting on the wafer. You can maybe make it a, a, a double thick wafer so that it it doesn't you know just fall off the hook the minute it hits the water. But uh, and you know you can put a pretty good size hook in it. You know if if you like whether you like J hooks or circle hooks, two o to four o. You know use use your favorite. And, you know, the trick is with all chunking, and, and again, long-range anglers know this, is you want to make sure that the chunk that on your hook looks like the one, that, you know, the ones that you're, throwing, that you're throwing into the water. So you don't want to just cast it out, put your reel on, click, and, and let the thing drag in the current. That's, that's not what you want to do. You want to, you, you know, you're basically stripping, hand-stripping free spool, so that the chunk is just drifting naturally back there. And you don't have to let it drift back 200 yards. You can let it drift back 100, 150 feet. As long as somebody, whether it's you or somebody else in the boat, is continuing that chunk line, if you don't get bit after it's 150 feet behind the boat, crank it in, drop it back in again. And, and you, um, see, yeah, that, if, that, if you can do anything wrong, it's having your chunk drift at a different rate or not drift at all. Uh, naturally like the other chunks are. That's that's kind of the one mistake you can make, but as long as you're aware of it, you just compensate for it. Yeah, you don't want it spinning on the end of your line out there right. in one spot. Right. Yeah, that, that, that will not be good. You might get a shark that way, but <laughs> that would be about it. <laughs> Steve, when you're hooking up that chunk, what do you do? Do you just send the hook through the meat of that chunk once, or do you send it through a couple of times, or what? Well, you see, you can again if you can visualize a sort of shape like a steak, you can just stab it through once. If if you make it, you know, like I say, double thick and there's a little bit of skin, you can go through the skin to uh, you know just to make it hang on there a little tougher. But there's no real need 
to to hide the hook inside the chunk. You know, some long range fishermen, and you know, and you're you're talking about a little bit different type of fishery where they're down fishing for giant yellowfin tuna, and they're literally using fourteen o hooks. Um, there there can be uh, you know some effort necessary effort to hide the hook inside the chunk, but you know for these smaller fish, not a sophisticated fish, and much more actively feeding fish, it's not that necessary to try to hide the hook. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Steve Carson. He is the director of the Penn Fishing uh, University. He's also a writer and lecturer. And, Steve, we just started scratching the surface. Can you stay over one more segment with us? And we can talk about methods of fishing when, hey, there's no bait at the bait barge. You bet. Steve, if you can stay with us, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. Hey, this is Stan and Wendy, and we're here on Labor Day weekend on Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. More of Steve Carson to come after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan and Wendy are with us tonight, and our special guest here in the first hour. He is writer, lecturer, and the director of the Penn Fishing University, Mr. Steve Carson. And 
And Steve, we were talking a little bit about chunking with uh, uh, dead bait or so. Can we use a skipjack or a bonita if we happen to have that to, to fish again for these tuna? And, and how's the best way to prepare that bait? Oh, a- absolutely. Bonita or skipjack are perfectly good uh, as, as chunk bait. You know, you, no you, what you might want to do in order to get that uh, simulate, as it were, that sort of half-dollar size round sliver of a, of a sardine, you might have to fillet it and then and then uh, loin loin it so that you can get the proper sizes. But it works. You know, just about any species of fish will actually work. So if you've got skipjack, uh, bonita, uh, mackerel, uh, smelt, virtually anything will work. Although, although I, I always like to caution people that the actual name of what everybody calls skipjack is indeed skipjack tuna. They are a member of the tuna family. And uh, back in the day, they got kind of a, uh, a bad reputation because they were thrown in a, in a dry gunny sack and baked in the sun all day long and weren't very good when they came back. But with today's, you know, uh, care that we take of the fish, where we carefully bleed them, we chill them down, we put them in RSW, uh, skipjack, as long as when you're cleaning them, when you're cutting the fillet, that you cut that dark line out, so you lose about a third. Skipjack is every bit as good as yellowfin tuna, and in fact, probably 90% of the canned tuna, if you buy chunk light tuna in the supermarket, I know nobody listening to your show would ever buy canned tuna in the supermarket, but if they did, it's skipjack. So a lot of times, skipjack gets dissed a little bit. But on the other hand, if it's a choice of a five-pound skipjack and using it for bait for a forty-pound yellowfin, he's go he's going onto the chopping block. <laughs> That's you know, the way it's going to work. I, I will say this: that a two hundred-pound yellowfin will guarantee you that that's one of the best eating fish in the ocean. <laughs> oh, you bet, you they bet. Love Another little eat. side note, I just want to make sure that I got it in because it made me think about it. You know, what do you do when you when you don't you, you can't buy bait? You were planning on buying bait and now you can't you can't get any. Man, maybe you forgot to buy some frozen. You got nothing in the boat. So now you have to go catch your own bait. And that means sabiki rigs. And, and I see this quite often. People buy their sabiki rigs based on one thing, price. They buy the cheapest possible ones that they can. And certainly to a degree, I understand that. But you got to pay attention to the size because your different bait species are going to uh, respond differently to different sabiki sizes. If you've got a fairly good size one that you would use for mackerel, you know, like a, a size four or even a two, that's fine for mackerel if that happens to be what, you, what you're over when you're trying to catch bait. But if you're over sardines or even anchovies, they're not going to hit them like ever. So you have to make sure that you get, you at least have somewhere in the boat, a couple packs of the absolute smallest ones you can get uh, the smallest ones you can ordinarily get in the United States are 14s. And if you have people going over to Japan or something like that for you, have them buy you. They, they actually make them all the way down to size 20, which is almost wow. invisible in Japan. So sometimes when, you know, when those smaller bait species are feeding on little tiny, almost microscopic stuff in the water, that's how you're going to catch them. If you have a big old sabiki that's, that's made for mackerel, it's, it's not going to work. 
Well, Steve, let me add up. something to that. And I, I, I am fully, I'm with you a thousand percent on this, Steve. But I've been telling my guys here in the last little bit because you're, you're, if you're going on a multi-day trip nowadays, you are going to have to make bait. It's not, I'll have to make it if I, if there's no bait at the receiver. But you know, I think everybody has to have sabikis on their boat, even if you're going out for the day because you can run out of bait. You know, if you've only got a scoop, but you right. you can still catch mackerels. I think that's a, an important tool to have in your boat. And I've been telling my guys that are going on these long-range trips, even the five-day trip, buy yourself a the, sabiki makes a sabiki rod. It's, and it's a hollow tube that you can reel the, the sabikis into them. It'll sit in your boat without being, you know, waving those little sabiki flags around that you get hooked on if you're trying to walk around your center console or even if you're walking down the side of the boat on a, on a sport boat. But that's one of the finest little tools for cheap, they're about, I don't know, 60, 70 bucks that you can buy to have in your boat as a tool for catching bait, and you don't have to mess with it ever. You Once you've got a reel on it and you hook your sabiki up to it, it's got a weight on the end, you just put it in there. When you need it, you need it, and you're, and you're done. It's a great little tool. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because in a small boat, uh, a rigged-up sabiki flying around in the wind can definitely just reach out and grab you every time you walk by it. Well, you can't walk around the center console with one of those things hanging there. So if you're going right. to make bait, that little sabiki rod, you reel your sabikis right into the tube of the bait. It's hollow. It's a cool little tool. And once you've got one and you've used it, you'll hang on to that thing. That's a great thing. Yes, yeah, yeah but, but definitely you want to have an assortment of sizes based on the bait species that you're over. Um, if you, yes. if you've got the yes, larger yes, ones, yes. the little bait species are, are not going to bite them. And conversely... If you're dropping down on one-pound bully frog mackerel with one of those little tiny number 14s with three-pound chest droppers, they're going to make mincemeat out of your out of your sabikis, and you're going to be thinking back to when I said this. You're going to be thinking, I'm going to pound that Carson into the pavement next time I see him. <laughs> Just have the right one for the right fish. Now, right. Steve, if we've anticipated maybe there being a problem with beta, we were going to try something else, and we bought uh, a couple of packs of frozen squid. Do those work, and how can we prepare those that will stand a good chance of maybe catching a yellowfin or a bluefin or, or something good coming on by? I would say that squid's best used, and and Wendy's and my one, our, our mentor from many years ago, the great Captain Russ Eisler himself, used to like to put squid in a blender and make basically squid soup, and that was that was more of a more of a scent attractant rather than you know, something for the fish to eat. So that that you would supplement uh, to your chunking, but it would absolutely uh, create a scent trail. And uh, if you were trying to attract bait, it would also it would also do that. If you're trying to attract bait around the boat, there's also commercial chums that work pretty well. Some people will just take a can of cat food, put a bunch of holes in it, tie a line to it, throw it over the side, let it create a, a chum slick, to create bait, to uh, attract bait around the boat, but uh, squid itself, in, in, at least in my experience, hasn't been as good. Little squids. Now, in the in the days of Humboldt, when we had Humboldt's around, that's one of the best chunk baits I could ever imagine. But if you're talking about the little market squids, just throw them in the blender and and make soup out of them. <laughs> you know, another good thing to use um, is the Chum Buddy. I like to use it on our boat. And uh, that I don't know if you know what a chum buddy is, Steve, but it's great. Sure. it macerates all the 
all the bait that you gather up, all the dead bait or whatever you want to throw in it, and you just hang it over the side of your boat and, and uh, you get your slick. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that. That's a very, very useful tool. Something that, you know, if you're handy, you could even make your own. You know, they, they are commercially available, but, that yeah, that's a great thing. And that way you can sort of, even if you catch, like, yellowtail or yellowfin or dorado, something good, you catch one, um, you fillet him, you know, within, within the regulations. <laughs> Read the regulations carefully when you're filleting fish at sea. And then you can take what the scraps are left over, throw those in the chum buddy, and basically make chum out of whatever you got. Right. Now, Steve, I, I know there's many other artificial lures we can use, but if you were limited where you just brought one with you that uh, you we're fishing for, let's say, the Dorado or whatever it is right now, what would you use to go after those baits on the artificial lure side? Well, you know, I mean, specifically with Dorado, truthfully, there's a little bit of a safety issue with virtually any kind of a lure with Dorado. Because when they're not only when they're jumping up out in the water, if they throw the lure, it can come flying back at you. But maybe even more so when he's flopping around on the deck of your boat. Uh, there's a safety issue. So with Dorado, I, I like to just use basically weightless something, weightless dead bait, a strip of bonita or skipjack, maybe an, maybe an inch wide or maybe eight inches long is really good. Just fly line back in the current. Almost looks like a swimming snake, or they probably think it's an eel. Who knows what they think it is. But for, you know, for tuna and yellowtail, you know what? If somebody held a gun to my head and said for the rest of my life I get to use one lure out there for tuna, yellowtail, albacore if they ever come back, etc., 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 it, it would probably be a Taddy 9. Um, you know, it's not always the absolute best one, but I cannot think of a single species of fish that I have not done well with on, on a Taddy 9. Uh, you know, maybe a, with a treble hook for smaller local fish or a big heavy single hook for 100-pound tuna, it's just a good all-around lure, uh, blue and chrome. Again, and if somebody held a gun to my head, would be the, the all-around color. But pretty much anything with chrome or blue and white, it's more how you fish it than what color it is. Right. Now, hey, good, Steve. Good call, by the way. That's, that's kind of like the universal size of a bait. It's perfect size, and it's got some weight, so it'll sink. That's a great bait. Yeah, you can fish it on 20 or 25-pound line for local fish. You can fish it on 50 when you're long-range fishing. It's yep. just it's just a very very versatile lure. You're right. Now, Steve, that people want to catch up with you and see you in person, you've got some personal appearances coming up and uh, some places where uh, people can stop by to say hello. Yeah, I'm, in fact, I, I, I'm surprised that Wendy's not going to be there because <laughs> this coming Wednesday night at 6 p.m. The grand opening of the new Bass Pro Shop in Rockland, California. That's kind of a suburb of Sacramento. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so I'll be there on Wednesday and Thursday of this coming week. Then, of course, I'm going to be on the, uh, on the, on the searcher, but that's, that's completely full. Then in October, I have an eight-day Penn Fishing University trip on the American Angler. That's completely full. But you can check on both the official Penn Reels Facebook page, as um, the 2016 schedule is starting to show up there, they can also post questions for me there right right on the page. I answer with, with my actual real name, not, a, not an Internet name. And um, also, I've already got a schedule up for next year 
I'll have it all hopefully soon, but I've already got my schedule up for our eight-day Penn Fishing University trip, eight days in June on the Shogun, and a five-day in August on the Vagabond for 2016. So you can already find those. You can already sign up for them. Both of those trips are very popular and sell out early, so if you're thinking about it, don't think too long. You know, Steve, on uh, the Rod Real Radio page, we have a video of you at the iCast show uh, introducing us to some of the new pen products. I got to tell you, I brought them into the shop, and they were gone before I even know what, even before I could get one to play around with. Uh, what are some of those new products by Pen though that are just red hot right now? The, the ones that are the, the the three that are kind of red, red, super hot right now are all the Fathom 2-speeds, right. the Pan Fathom 2-speeds. There's a variety of sizes, but the most popular ones are the 40 narrow. It's a mouthful to say the number, but it's the FTH40NLD2, which is a 2-speed lever drag, narrow, 4-0 size. And for, for fishing 50-pound line, whether you're yo-yoing for yellowtail, throwing wahoo bombs for wahoo, or fly lining for... 125 pound tuna, that and it's 299 bucks. There's no. nothing like it anywhere close to the price. Uh, if that's too big for you, the, actually the number one most popular one is the 25 narrow size, and that's the FTH 25 NLD2, and that's again a two speed lever drag. That's for uh, you know your fly lining or medium sized jigs with 30 and 40 pound test. Uh, tuna up to 100 pounds, but perfectly fine on 15 and 20 pound schoolies. At, that's the, the definitely the all around choice. And when the fish get picky, the little number 15 size, which is the FTH 15 LD2. If you're using 20, 25, and 30 pound top shots, fly lining small baits. Oh my God! What if anchovies come back and they're the bait of, of choice for the next ten years? Which is very possible. That's going to be the reel you want, and they're all under three hundred bucks. Unbelievable value at those at those prices. And a couple of the rods to go along with that, because I know they uh, Penn has uh, introduced that new Carnage rod, which is just super. And then also you have the Rampage. Yeah, oh, I love the, the Carnage two rods. Probably are not going to be in the stores for about another three weeks, but when you see those Carnage 2 series rods, which is really, you know, next, it's really the 2016 models just coming out a little early. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but you are going to love them. Wow, that's great. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough. I know there's a jillion other things we could be talking to you tonight, but, you know, I appreciate you helping us out because it seems like bait at least for this Labor Day weekend, and maybe even tomorrow is going to be a problem. And you've really given us some great hints on what to use when uh, we get in that pinch. Cool. Well, I'm, I'll look forward to the next time we're on the air. All right. And, again, if people want to get in contact with you or find out more about what you're doing, how's the best way to do it? Uh, they can email me at scarson at sunset.net. But... Really, like I say, you can uh, right there on the on the the Penn Facebook page. Just post up your questions right there, and and I'll answer them. I won't always answer, you know, within two hours. I'm old, so I don't respond to the people that say, "Yeah, how come you didn't respond to my text in five minutes?" But but I will respond. <laughs> well, not only that, and if you want to find out uh, 
why Steve thinks 1983 was just as good as 2015, that's the way to get a hold of him and, and get his feelings for <laughs> Hey, Steve, safe traveling. You uh, tell our friends at the Bass Pro Shop up in Sacramento that we sent our regards, and we look forward to having you again maybe later on in the season so we can uh, adjust to what the fishing conditions are at that time, and you can help us out. Looking forward to it. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, a lot of Ron Real Radio still left. You're listening to us on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. If you missed any of this show or any of the past shows, just go to ronrealradio.com, hit the archive page, and you can go down. and It's indexed by all the guests that we've had on particular evenings. You can go right down to that evening that you're interested in listening to a particular guest, and voila, we're right there. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but we'll be right back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main at el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum. 
We are Performance Tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or Anglers Arsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Southern California, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So's Wendy Toshihara. But here's my question to you right now. Is going down and fishing one of these exotic lakes down in Mexico or maybe the Amazon on your bucket list? Have you thought about maybe going up to Canada and going for some of those great walleye or smallmouth or pike or muskies or whatever it is, but you don't know where to go, you don't know who to talk to, how can you get down there to be safe? you got all these questions. Well, we've got the answer all in one place, and he's with us right now. We've got with us Billy Chapman, Jr. from Anglers Inn, and Billy, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. It's glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, it is great having you on tonight, Billy. And, and, man, I don't know where to start because you probably have the dream job of 90% of the people that are listening out here. You run inns down out of Mexico, out of the Amazon, and out of Canada in places where the fishing is probably second to none. I know you make it look easy, and it isn't, but, boy, it is the one-stop destination to go if you're looking to fish those locations. Well, well, John, I, I, I am blessed, but, I mean, I have a job that I live in three countries, travel. I, I just got back from Canada, and we're wrapping up our, our season in Canada right now. We only have another about three weeks, but uh, spent most of the summer up there, and we had great fishing for the smallies. We were averaging anywhere from 50 to 100 smallies a day. If you wanted to fish for smallmouth all day, you could hit 100 in the 2 to 5-pound range. Uh, we caught a lot of northerns and over 40 inches. Uh, we're really looking forward to putting out our fishing report on Canada. Uh, John, basically, we got a lot of big fish caught. Our biggest muskie was 52. Holy and, uh, cow! We made history, John. Basically, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, our guides have never seen a, Well, we had a pastor up, you know, fishing with us, and he came in and he says, Bill, I'm praying for a 55-inch musky. <laughs> and I said, Scott, can we make that 50 inches? I mean, you might be setting your bar a little high. You know, we, <laughs> we catch 50s and some 52s, but 55 is really getting up there. And, but, you know, he said, I'm going to pray for that. But so every day he prayed for it, and he had five shots that's he lost five big fish. So the last day, John, his last outing, last day, they're fishing for smallies, and we had some new prototype Berkeley baits that were just kicking butt up there, a hard bait, believe it or not, that are going to be coming out very shortly, but they really produce for us. And all of a sudden, they get this, they got this big fish on, and they get it to the boat, and, and our guy says, what is that? What is that? And believe it or not, it was a large mouth bass. And our really? guys had never even seen one before, John. So uh, <laughs> they, you basically, we, we, we discovered that we have large mouth in Ontario, up where as far as we are up there. We didn't even know we had them there. Oh, so darn, it, uh, darn it, those it, invasive species. Huh? <laughs> right, right. So Scott comes in and said, you know, God works in funny ways, uh, 
God, I said, you've been praying for that 55-inch muskie all week, but, you know, he realized you couldn't catch it. You had five on. So he just blessed you with a with a bucket mouth bass. <laughs> you made history. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, Billy, he, he must uh, depend on divine intervention because every time I ask, the answer is no. <laughs> so, right, well, right. But you're, you're not holding your mouth you right. I don't, don't think, Billy. Billy, this is Dan. You're. Let's go back to how you got to started because I remember. You know, way back when, going down to Obregon and Ovia and the places down before all of the popular lakes got going, but you had been going way back when. When did you get started and how did this, you know, where did you start and then grow from there? Well, we basically started in the 70s, John, on Lake Dominguez, Lake Hidalgo. I was working with my father, and then in the 80s, 1980, I went to Brazil and Venezuela and started the Peacock Bass. So I lived in the jungle from 1980 to 1990, and that was the beginning of my Amazon safari uh, for peacock bass. Nobody was doing it back then, and I was just trying to make a living, to be honest with you, and I was so intrigued by the Amazon. I said, boy, I'd love to be an Amazon guide. So I, I was fortunate enough to have some family down there, a cousin, and we just jumped into it and met some people and met the locals and went down with photos of what fish I was looking for. And believe it or not, when you show the locals and the indigenous people down there a photo of a peacock, they can take you right to it, or a catfish, or the red red tail catfish, whatever you wanted to target. They knew where they lived. So all through the 80s, I was basically in South America. And then in uh, we opened up Lake Bacharach which was a huge success. It was the first time black bass have ever been stocked that far south, and they just exploded. And so all through the 90s, Bacharach, and even in the 80s, Bacharach was going. And we've been on, well, seven different lakes in Mexico, from Wheaties to Camarero to Alamilpa. El Salto's been the best to me. We've been fishing El Salto for over 28 years, never shut the doors once. I ventured off to other lakes, but kept that one open when Wheaties opened. Now we have a brand-new lake called Lake Picachos. So over uh, almost 40 years, I've built it into six destinations. We have six locations, uh, three in Brazil, two in Mexico for black bass, and now we're in Canada as well. So we're covering a, a wide variety of species. We have a great client base. It didn't happen overnight. Uh Cream the crop fishes with me. Bassmaster has been down many times with me. Field and stream, outdoor life. Uh, Fortune magazine is going to the Amazon with us this coming season. And uh, December, we're bringing down a wave of uh, writers to show them our new peacock. We have everything from peacock, from houseboat to lodge to the mother to the the water train, which is a very unique concept. If they go to anglersin.com, you can. It's hard to relate to until you actually see it. They're floating cabins that we pull through the jungle, and we break them down every night, and we're on a new beach. So it's uh, pretty, I'm hopping around. It's, I'm pretty busy. You know, it's uh, I love. I still love it. I'm 59 years old, and I'm going strong. And I uh, don't, don't see the end of it yet. Uh, do have one more destination coming up very shortly, which is Idaho. Uh, we'll be telling you about that soon. Uh, but... Uh, it's all been good to me. It's been a good life. It is a lot of work being an outfitter. Uh, we uh, we just had, if, if the listeners would go to the Ford Outfitters, 
Ford Outfitters has a show on the Sportsman's Channel. They were down at El Salto in June and did a tremendous job, John. Just their production was outstanding. They had drones, and they would hover at 500 feet above your head, and you hook a fish, and it would come down and hover right at eye level with you, and then take back off. If, if they'd like to see some of that footage, they can go to the Ford Outfitters and click on uh, Mexico, and they'll see what, what we got in the can there. And uh, But it's just been good. Coming off some great seasons, uh, we're looking to have another great season. El Salto finished really strong. If they go to anglersin.tv, anglersin.tv will show them all the action that we had May, June, and July, or they can click on any given month and, and see uh, what we caught them on, technique, best baits, the true numbers coming from the customer, uh, what, what they were averaging a day. And that's what we like people to check out is uh, really seeing it. It depends on what how you want to catch the fish, even in Canada. You know, if you want to target the smallies, you know, it's, it's usually earlier June, June and July. The muskies is coming up. The good muskie season, you want to be there in September and October. So we really need to talk to the clients first and figure out who who's going with them, what level of angler are they, and uh, how deep do they want to fish. Billy, let's go uh, uh, back to the Mexican operation. A lot of us have been at El Salto. Anglers in there is known for not only the great fishing, but also the accommodations and the the service that you give the fishermen. And now you've opened up uh, this operation at Lake Picachos. It's a little bit different operation than El Salto, but... I had the opportunity to be down there in uh, in the beginning of March, and I got to tell you, it intrigues me a lot. I've got to go back there. Tell us uh, about some of the differences between uh, El Salto and Lake Picacho. The main difference, John, would be the guides. Uh, Picacho's is completely different apple than any other lake that's ever been opened up in Mexico. Actually, the people, the locals that had to... Uh, move out of the lake and relocate and they, the government built new homes and villages for the people that had to relocate where well, they have their, all the rights to the lake. So we had a partner. It's kind of like partnering with a reservation. And uh, so everybody's under training there. The main difference is the numbers at Picasso's are just phenomenal. We're actually going to have a tournament and set the all-time record on how many bass you could catch in a 24-hour period. That's coming up. Just taking uh, four teams and fishing 24 hours straight through and set the all-time record. That's that's what's going to happen there. But they're all between a pound and a half and eight pounds. It's not a big fish lake yet, but it's only 50 minutes from the Mazalon Airport, which is very really easy. 50 minutes. It's uh, wow. You land and you're in a boat in 55 minutes fishing. So very convenient. It's got a great future. But the guides have a lot to learn. And anybody that books with us, we're going to tell you that up front. It's not like El Salto where the guides have 25, 28 years on that body of water. These guys, they know how to drive a boat. But the good thing is the fish are so stupid there, John, they don't know what a gringo looks like. So <laughs> you know what the, good thing, the other good thing is these guys are going to grow as that fishing grows there. You know, as the fish move around, they'll learn purely by the numbers of people that are coming and going and coming and going out of there, they'll learn where the fish go, what they like, and what to throw. It, it's 
we used to go down, gosh, in the early 70s, we'd go down, uh, like I said, Novia and Obregon and the lakes down there before uh, Wethes and, you know, Baccarat and all the rest of the lakes you guys opened up. But it was always an adventure to figure out what they wanted. And, you know, once you figured out what they wanted or how they wanted it, it was just Katie bar the door. The next year you brought a bunch of that stuff down and, it's a learning experience, although you guys have a lot of knowledge already to share with, you know, how that, those, you know, the fish in the Mexican lakes, uh, they all pretty much fish the same, and they like it moving most of the time. They do, John, and they all do fish the same pretty much. I mean, it comes down to five or six baits, and it's very consistent year after year, and Everybody tries to bring a bunch of new stuff down, and it's usually right back to what we've been catching them on for the past several years. Yep. Picachos, I don't see it any different. The amount of structure, though, in Lake Picachos is uh, you got to fish a wood braid. You're going to lose a lot of fish due to the amount of structure underneath there. That you know, In Mexico, they never clear it or clean it. They just flood it. And uh, that's what makes it great, though. I mean, you know, it's just, believe it or not, Picasso's already has a lake record of 12 pounds. Wow. Wow. And that's in six and a half years, John, of, of, uh, from the time the fry will put in. But that's what a new lake does. It's a pound and three quarters, two pounds a year, and it's just phenomenal growth rate because everything's right, you know. And the tilapia, they're taking tonnage of tilapia. There is commercial fishing. Every, every lake in Mexico has commercial fishing. Some promoters say that certain lakes don't, but just don't believe it because uh, you have to take those tilapia out. They grow big bass, but once they get over four inches wide, they actually compete with the bass and eat the fry of the bass and the eggs. So it's just a nice combination. Uh, you guys have the jet skis and the wave runners and 2,000 boats on your, on your lake, and we have nets that don't really hurt us like people think they do, or El Salto wouldn't be you know, a fishery that's survived 28 years. And today, John, this is a strong statement, but if the clients were to go to anglersin.tv and go back all the way back to last October and watch October, November, all the way through July fishing reports, I'll put El Salto against any lake in the world today for fish ranging from 7.5 pounds to 13 pounds. Wow. Our big, our big fish are 9, 10, 11, and then... I mean, we see those on a on daily basis, from well, Bill, 7 to 11. Billy, I, I really enjoyed fishing Picacho because, if I'm not mistaken, we fished it at pretty close to full pool, and it was like 22,000 surface acre feet, and it is submer- and it, it is just inundated tropical jungle. So try to figure out what to use. has got to be really sensational and and. It was just so much fun fishing there, and we're looking forward to bringing a group of guys to fish back with you in the middle of November and to give Picacho another uh, another bang. What what kind of water level are we going to be looking at at Lake Picacho? You're going to be looking at it full, John, because <laughs> we're, we're right in the heart of our rainy season, and it's pretty typical. All your West Coast, Backrack, Wheaties, Picachos, El Salto, they're at the highest point. They'll actually be going over the spillway because El Salto had high water when we closed the season going into the rainy season, and so was Picasso's. So we're going to have a full pool and top water, Katie bar the doors. That's when you, your best fishing for top water is always opening day, October 1st, 
through December. So anybody that want to catch them on top, that's the time to go because those bass are shallow. They're up tight. They got that tilapia tight up against the bank. They got them pinned on the bank, and they got the shad pinned on the bank because everything explodes over the summer months. You know, that lake comes up. The lakes come up 30, 40, 50 feet in a 60 to 70-day period. So everything gets flooded again. Wow. And that's, hey. that, that, that's what's given us the best topwater fish in that time of year. Billy, we got to take a break right now. Any way we can get you to stay on for another segment with us? You betcha, John. Hey, I'll, we got, I'll, I'll be hanging. We've got Billy Chapman from Anglers Inn out of Mexico, out of the Amazon, out of Canada, and soon to be out of Idaho. Hey, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM 540. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back right after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today HM landing 619-222-1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with 
comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh. And our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, this is Hopalong, and I've just heard about a great new product for you boat owners that eliminates the need for flares. That's right. You never buy flares again. It's called the Sirius Signal Light. This is an SOS light that meets the Coast Guard requirements for night visual distress signals, and when you combine it with an emergency flag, meets all your needs for emergency signals. This high-intensity light shines for over six hours and is visible for up to 10 miles. The Sirius Signal Light features a simple on-off switch, and it even floats in the signaling position. Now, you're going to really like this. All you have to do is replace three C-cell batteries after they have gone out. That's right. What the heck is easier than that? You don't have to worry about disposal of flares. So never buy flares again. Get the Sirius Signal Light at SiriusSignal.com or contact Robert Simons at the Vice President for Sales at Sirius Light at 619-743-3000. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we've got our special guest tonight, Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers Inn. And, and Billy, you know, Mexico, you've had so many visitors down there over the years. But let's talk a little bit about the Amazon operation. And I know... For the past few years, you've been suffering from high water levels. What What's the difference between high water and low water and the fishing when you're fishing the Amazon? A world of difference. Uh, high water, you can actually tell from seven, 8,000 feet by looking down over the jungle. And if you don't see any sandbars, you better tell the pilot just to turn around and go home. <laughs> But that but that won't happen fishing with us because we, you know, we have boots on the ground there. And prior to a high-water situation, we would always notify the customer and reschedule, which does happen. If you're going to ever plan to go to the Amazon, make sure you book with somebody that's going to give you the heads up and uh, let you know if the, you know, the water could come up in four to five days. And once it breaches the bank, just like it would breach any bank, all those fish are going to, go up into that vegetation and not actually be in the river, and you can't get a bait to them. But uh, we have a unique situation with our water train, which is a, a new concept of lodging that we pull around uh, floating cabins on pontoons, and we fish the, the headwater so we can get away from that high water by just going up. And uh, so that's a big, that's an, and remote. You know, our train can go beyond natural barriers. They can be they can go over the sandbars, and you can run for anywhere from 50 to 200 miles up upstream and eventually get to shallow water. So that's a big plus, but where if it was a boat operation or a fixed lodge operation, you really can't get away from it because the bigger 
motherships can't get up into the tributaries where the train goes. So they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, the bigger water sometimes produces bigger fish, but the, the smaller tributaries will produce more fish. And you're not going to see anybody where, where the train goes. There's no villages. There's no people. There's no commercial fishing. So uh, that's a, there's three choices when you go to Brazil. And a fixed lodge, you know, pretty much a lot of times the waters are beat up because the same boats are fishing the same waters day in and day out. Mothership has a lot of flexibility because you can move it around and run, you know, run at night while the customers are sleeping and wake up in new waters and maybe get up into a new tributary a good, you know, five or six miles, but then it's going to start to get shallow. That's where the train comes in. So they all have their price mark. They're all priced differently for that reason, and uh, the train can only accommodate eight anglers. Where the mothership, we can have 20 guys on board with smaller quarters. But, you know, we do catch world records off the motherships as well. So we're fixing to open up the season. We're going into season. Uh, my, my big group going in is Fortune Magazine's gone down, Field and Stream, Outdoor Life Magazine, Bassmaster. Bassmaster's been down with me three times already. Uh, they'd like to read the articles. We'll, we can send them. If they go to, to our site, we can... Uh, request all the information on the articles, TV shows that have been shot. It's all there on anglersin.tv. And we welcome the customers to go there to really get a good feel of what to expect because we actually sh uh, shoot it from the customer on a weekly basis on numbers, catch, technique, everything's there. They give a real honest report. That's the way I think it should be done. So my heart's in the Amazons. I've been doing the Amazons for over 30-plus years, and uh, I just... It's my favorite fishery in the whole world. It kind of spoils you. If you can afford to go back, you will, John. <laughs> you know, once you get hooked, you're hooked, and you become an Amazon angler. Uh, so it's a pretty exciting fishery. Uh, well, the power well, of the peacock, the size of the fish is awesome. Relief for us some of the anxiety of getting to you. I mean, uh, you're talking about fishing up in the Guerra Negro or one of the tributaries of the Amazon River. Billy, there are people that have gone there that have never come back. <laughs> how, do, how, how do we get there, and how do you accommodate the traveler? It's pretty easy. It's not as hard as it, it may sound, John. You know, my groups meet in Miami. So everybody, 8 to 20 guys, will meet in Miami on the same day, same hour. You get on an American Airlines flight, you fly six and a half hours to Manaus. Manaus is the capital of the Amazon in Brazil. Uh, it's a city of 2 million people. So you fly into Manaus, and this is hard to believe, but you're going to fly in and not see one road going into a jungle city of 2 million people. I don't know how big San Diego is, but this picture, a town, a uh, city of 2 million with no roads going into it. Everything is brought in by boat. And then from there, we spend the night. So it's a six-and-a-half-hour flight there. You wake up in the morning, we put you on a float plane charter, and you're going to fly about an hour and a half over the jungle, and that lands right at the lodge, either at the lodge or at the train. And then you fish six and a half days, the float plane comes back, it circles over our head, we pack you guys up, put you on that plane, and 
you're back in Manaus, you can spend your last night in Manaus, and then you're back in Miami, and you're back home. It's really a nine-day, seven days in the jungle, a nine- to ten-day trip. You need really ten days to do it right. All right, and, uh, uh, you know, obviously, what part of the program do you do you put together? I mean, is it turnkey from the time they uh, they meet the float plane in Manaus to the time you bring them back, or what can you, what kind of uh, you know accommodations can you help with? Well, we're, we're turnkey across the border in all all lodges and all locations. We're, we're there when you land in Manaus or Mexico or Canada, and then from there the package begins. Either your float plane or your ground transportation to and from. Uh, we check you into the hotels. That's included. Everything is turnkey. The rods are waiting for you at the lodges. We do have, we're sponsored by Abu Garcia. They've been a great sponsor. That way the customer don't have to travel with the rods. If he doesn't want to, he's welcome to bring his own. But rods are at all locations. You just kind of bring your reels. We do have tackle packages to make it hassle-free. There's no sense of overspending and bringing a bunch of stuff to Brazil or Mexico or Canada. That doesn't work, and you don't need it. So we do have tackle packages available, shipped right to your door. Even the Amazon, we have a, a bag called uh, Amazon Tough Bag, but that has 30 items in it. There are a lot of nickel and dime items in that bag, from little first aid kits to lip lock, sunblock, the proper fishing gloves, the proper hat, the proper shirt to keep the sun off your neck. Uh, just little items that will assure you that, you know, you're not going to get in trouble. You know, we have Gatorade packages in there and just a lot of cool little stuff. So all you have to basically do is show up in Miami and buy your airline ticket and get yourself booked in, and we handle it all from there if you want it. You know, Billy, and then I, Billy, I see your operation in Canada. <clears throat> the lodge is actually located on an island. How do we get to that? That's by boat. Uh, our customers fly into Winnipeg. And from there, we meet you at the airport, and uh, you're looking at about a three-hour drive, three hours and 15-minute drive, and it's where the road ends. Basically, where the road ends in Ontario is called Manaki. Manaki is a quaint little, quaint little town, and then from there, my boats come to pick you up in Manaki, and it's only about a 15- to 18-minute boat run to an island, which is... It's very unique. This this lodge was owned by a very large corporation for 98 years, and we just got it last year, and we're really proud of it because, you know, when you're on an island and you're out on the water, you have a lot less bugs. It will. I didn't see any mosquitoes, John. I just I just got back last week, and you know, on the mainland you'll have mosquitoes, but when you're out on the water, and it's it's groomed so well and it's so clean and prestige that you know you just don't have the bugs. So that makes it pretty nice, and you always have a breeze, and uh, that's also there. If they go to anglersin.tv, uh, they can see their last session record on Canada. Okay, well, Billy Chapman, Jr. from Anglers Inn, the Amazon, Canada, Mexico, soon-to-be, Idaho. If we want to find out about each one of the individual inns, get your fishing reports, uh, maybe even have some contact with you, how's the best way to go about doing it, Billy? The best way would be to go to anglersin.com, and uh, I'll, I'll surely get back with you, but be sure to sign up for our fishing reports. That's what I'm asking 
all our clients to do because that way we can keep you informed video based articles that come out TV shows shows are coming on all the time on it we'll notify you when you can watch a show that's that's coming up actually we have one coming up the Ford Outfitter show is coming up in this coming week so just go to anglersin.com or call 1-800-GOT-A-FISH and we'll answer all your questions alright man I don't like wishing my life away but we do look forward to visiting with you in November and being with you at El Salto, and you know, hopefully we can get the group together and do Picacho, too. Billy, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Billy Chapman, Jr. from Anglers Inn. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Phil Friedman with What the Heck is Phil Thinking? We're going to get updated on what's happening off our Southern California coast on the saltwater side, but we got to take a break first. We'll be back right after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, Bass Fisherman, who do you call for your Bass Boat Insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler aged to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure Venture 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. Hey, good evening, everybody. It is great to be with you all. Phil Friedman here from PFO Media Group. 
And, of course, our Spanish-language radio shows, websites, and social media, Aventuras al Aire Libre. Muy buenas tardes a todos nuestros amigos. Boy, what a week it has been, John and Wendy and Stan, and, of course, all of you out there. I hope you are enjoying this fabulous 2015 season because it's off the hook. First of all, let's talk Wahoo. What a week for Wahoo. There was several taken, lots more lost. It's really been incredible. How about the three-quarter day boat pursuit headed to Catalina Island on Saturday morning? John Woodrum, the captain, said too many Wahoo around to not be dragging some jigs. He puts the jigs back, gets a jig strike, and shortly thereafter, a 70-pound Wahoo on the deck of the three-quarter day boat pursuit headed to Catalina Island. Does it get any crazier than that? The night before the Freedom had just finished up, also the Freedom out of 22nd Street Landing, just finished up their tuna trip, and on the way home, they come up with a big wahoo. And then our friends over at Freedom Boat Club in Huntington Beach, California. Well, I'll tell you, Huntington Beach has been the epicenter of some really great fishing, but I guess you could say that for the entire coast. But Huntington Beach is not a place that you normally think of when you think of Wahoo, and that's exactly what Chris Cueto was thinking. He is a member of the Freedom Boat Club, where you make that initial investment to join the club and then pay a monthly fee, and then you get to use their fleet of brand-new boats whenever you want. Chris said to himself, I'm going Wahoo fishing. He came up with a plan. He wired up some jigs. He got a destination. He had a vision, and the question is, did he realize it? Well, I'm going to let Chris tell you right now about an extraordinary day with the Freedom Boat Club. My friend Alan on the port side, he said, you know, hey, you know, turn, turn a little bit. I, I, I see a patty. And I just said, okay. And I was just doing a, you know, a slow turn. I had, had a lot of lines in the water. And I was maybe 30 seconds into the turn and then just heard the clicker, you know, just heard that sound, that wonderful sound that I love. And, you know, they, we, were, we were turning, and they were, trying to get, they were kind of trying to get down from the railing. And I, I just popped that thing into neutral and grabbed the pole. <laughs> so, um, and uh, it was uh, – yeah, I mean, that, and it's as the the rest of them started re- reeling in all the other poles, I kind of looked down and looked at the pole, and I looked at Alan, and I go, dude, this is the one with no steel on it. <laughs> so that's when, it, you know, it became a finessing game, trying to coax out every ounce of fishing skill I had to kind of let that fish do what it wanted to do and not snap that line. Absolutely. But did you know right away that you had a skin on? Did you know you had a Wahoo right away? No, I mean, it, no, because... Once it hit, you know, as I was turning around, I saw a jump out in the water. And, I, and I, you know, I was like, okay, marlin? Maybe marlin? I don't know. And then, you know, it just kept zipping across the top of the water, really high in the water, and, and showing a lot of flash of color. So I was like, okay, Dorado, a good-sized Dorado. And then that thing just dove. I mean, it just went straight down. And then I'm like, tuna? I, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had never caught one. So it was just, I mean, it was a weird fight, a really weird fight. Uh, but, you know, it kept letting it run, reeling it in, letting it run, reeling it in. Um, and then when I started getting, you know, closer to the boat, you know, we were in blue water, so, of course, it was crystal all the way down. That thing turned on its side, and the light hit it, and I saw the stripes. And I and I, uh, I did my best Wahoo dance right there with a pole in my hand. Oh, my, <laughs> so. oh my God. And, and so what was it like on board? It must have been something else. You First of all, you, you see this Wahoo, and then secondly, it's got to pop into your head. We are not wired up here. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. We, we, I mean, it, when we noticed that, 
I think everybody, uh, it, it suddenly, be- the boat became like, you know, thin ice. Everybody was just walking around like we, everybody was just super cautious. Um, so, you know, I tried to, you know, every time that fish started to, you know, dive I, or run, I, I'd let it go. I'd let it run. I, I was just trying to not put any type of, you know, too much fight. And then, uh, you know, as it was getting closer to the to the top of the water and if it started, you know, you know, angling to go under the boat. I'd kind of just kind of finessed my the the rod to kind of leel it out. You know, just just trying to keep the line as <laughs> as any way possible away from his mouth. But when he started to get higher up in the water, um, we had noticed that it looked like when he hit the end of that Rapala and then maybe jumped, the back hook was in his mouth, and then it flipped over, and then the front hook hooked in his gill. So literally, the lure was double hooked and then holding the line away from his mouth you know, oh a few my inches God. So that it, it, you know he couldn't even get the line in his mouth i don't know what fish gods were on my side that day but um yeah i mean it, that, that's the only reason why that fish is in my freezer right now oh that is great and how long did this whole battle last uh, maybe 30 minutes it was it was a, it wasn't as long a fight as i thought i think that 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 gill hook had something to do with it but it was it was about a 30 minute uh fight and then about an hour long celebration celebration time great stuff with the freedom boat club and chris cueto a delightful guy man i want to take him to vegas with me what a great catch and everything just seemed to go right but chris had a vision he had a plan he realized it you've got to love that all right um another unusual catch here in southern california actually northern baja california but Here's a little hint as to what was caught. Let's see if you can guess what it was. That's right. Many of you got it. A rare Escalar was caught on board the Ranger 85 here recently out of H&M Landing in San Diego. You do not see very many of these deep water creatures, Escalars. And as many of you know, that little hint that we gave you has to do with eating the controversial fish. Not in all cases. You know, I mean, it's a buttery, delicious fish in most places. But some people will tell you that it has a laxative-like effect on a certain percentage of the population. In fact, laxative, it may be an understatement. Others would describe it as diarrhea. So watch it when you eat an Escalar. Still, it's a really interesting catch. We don't see this all the time. And Ricky Perez, who runs the Ranger 85, joins us right now to tell us a little bit more about this exciting catch. How uh, rare are those uh, catches? How often do you see them, Ricky? I mean... In the past five years, I've only heard of three, so we caught two of them. I know, I know. All right, so a guy, a passenger on the Ranger 85 by the name of Scott caught the thing. How did he catch it? Yes, he tell, me about, tell me about the circumstances. He, he was using, uh, he, he caught a humble squid. He used it as light bait, rigged him up with a 10-ounce uh, sinker on a on a rubber band, about a two-foot leader, 8-0 circle hook, and pinned the squid. I was telling him that he could catch just really weird. We caught a fish at night. We stayed up all night while we were drifting, and he wasn't, he wasn't even down there for about 45 minutes when he finally got bit. Uh, the fight was about 15 minutes, and when it came to color, you know, at first I was thinking it was a big yellow, and then I looked at it, and I whoa, that's one of those things. <laughs> Escalar, you know, gassed it, threw it on board. He kind of freaked out because their eyes were kind of, kind of glow in the dark, you know, against the light. They're definitely great eating fish, really expensive to buy. So, 
That is so but, cool. When, when when you had him put a bait down there, were you thinking more in terms of tuna and yellowtail and that kind of thing, or were you thinking about an escolar? No, I was I was either thinking about an escolar or or an oilfish or a big yellowfin tuna. Um, I know that in that zone, the, uh, the Malahini had four big eye tuna, so um, I was thinking maybe he can catch one of those in the dark. But, um, lucky for him, he got something better, much better than a big eye. Yeah, and much definitely a lot rarer catch, and and that's what it's all about doing something like that. Uh, was he fishing heavy string? And you said it took about what fifteen minutes? Yeah, he's fishing a forty pound rig. Forty uh, pound rig. Uh, I think I believe it was like a, one of those uh, Abbott reels, two speed reel. Like a, you know, I don't know the sizes. I don't know, but it's like a four rod size reel. He probably dropped it down a good six hundred feet. But you got to take in consideration. You drop it down 600 feet, and we're drifting like at a half a knot to a knot. It only it'll bring your bait up, you know. So you're probably only fishing two to 300 feet. You know, you're so far out there, your line kind of starts to kind of glide up. I believe I was reading about them. They come up at night from the bottom from the depths to feed. So um, you got bit, and a couple of the passengers threw some baits down, and pretty much we didn't hang anything else other than that. Pretty remarkable stuff. Ricky went on to say that on the Ranger 85, they're out of H&M Landing. They've been all over the Elephant Tuna and Dorado, and there's been short-billed spearfish around Blue Marlin. It's been an incredible season, and now an Escolar to add to all of the craziness here in 2015. You know, I was talking to my friend Buzz Brizadine, who's the owner-operator of the Prowler down there at a Fisherman's Landing in San Diego, and Buzz was telling me that the other day they were fishing for yellowfin tuna, mostly 5- to 10-pound yellowfin tuna down there south of the border right now. Not real big, but, I mean, they're all over the place. It's really exciting stuff. And Buzz was telling me that a guy could take a bait and you could swing it back and forth like you're going to make an underhand cast. So your bait is going back and forth. And the yellowfin tuna are watching it from under the water and swimming back and forth, anticipating where it's going to land, like a cat chasing a feather. I mean, really crazy, crazy stuff. Buzz, when I asked him, hey, um, what's the hot color on the iron? And he said, yes. Are they eating the popper? Yes. Oh, what kind of uh, string do you want to use? 40 pounds, 60 pounds, 20 pounds? Yes. In other words, they're eating everything you throw at them. It's that good down there in San Diego right now. It simply doesn't get a whole lot better, and it is really, really excellent fishing. Out at the rigs, right off the Huntington Beach area, the victory on Saturday was up to around 50 on the nicer yellowtail. Wide open Bonita. It is so good to see the Bonita back in the picture again. They're such a great game fish, and they're such a great fish to introduce kids to sword fishing because you hand a kid a Bonita on the end of a rod and reel, and that's it. He will be hooked. She will be hooked for the rest of his or her life. I will guarantee you they are such great fish. But fishing there has been absolutely magnificent, really great fishing going on out at the rigs and uh, some of the local areas up and down, Horseshoe Kelp, uh, the 150, the 105, those areas that are out in front of the Huntington Beach, Long Beach, San Pedro area. They're up and down, but, boy, I'll tell you, every once in a while it gets rocking again, and Saturday was a good morning out there at the rigs, the oil rigs that are offshore, so really nice fishing going on. Santa Monica Bay, we continue to see a few yellows up there, an occasional good flurry, and same thing out there in the Channel Islands, an incredible amount of marlin still shoved up there behind the islands in the Channel Islands as that bite remains really, really good. So, I mean, wahoo, blue marlin, short-billed spearfish, 
a yellowfin tuna now or old hat. The Newport Beach boats are all over the yellowfin tuna again here today. And it has been an incredible week, month for those guys. Half and three-quarter day boats out of Davies Locker in Newport Beach catching copious amounts of yellowfin tuna, Dorado, and even some Wahoo. It doesn't get any better than this. So, hey, John, it's always a pleasure to be with you. I'm going to leave you a little tag that tells you how you can stay in touch with PFO. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. Can't thank you enough for letting me come on Rod Real Radio and have some fun with you every single week. Take care, everybody. Have a great one. Hope you get out and realize your sport fishing dreams really, really soon. And a reminder to you all that you can find us at PFO on Facebook or PFOmedia.com. For our Spanish-speaking friends, go to Aventuras a la Libre on Facebook, or you can go to www.aventurasaladelibre.com. We're on English radio every Sunday, 5 to 7 on AM 540, and then, of course, in Spanish on Friday nights at 9 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. on AM 690. You can get us there. All right. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks so much for checking in with PFO. Hey, folks. It's Captain James Nelson from thefishicon.com calling you in with our fish report for today. We're looking at this is the 4th of October. It's October already, and it's starting to feel like fall finally. Had a little bit of weather on the water today. But it uh, looks good as far as fishing-wise. The fish are still there. They're underneath the water. They don't really care what's going on on top. It's moving the bait around for them, if anything. And so just keep on the move. You'll catch fish. We noticed today that uh, the fish really liked it when we were moving our baits a little fast. So we had uh, some small mackerel, some uh, big sardines out there today. And uh, just on the fly line, just letting the fish swim around. It got some bites, but we really got a lot more bites today when we were dragging them uh, with the motor on, just barely in gear, pulling about a mile, mile and a half an hour, uh, something like that, maybe two miles an hour at the fastest. But just that little bit of a kick up on the pole really got bit, and uh, we got some fish, got some yellowtail, barracuda, bonita, all the all the three majors that you could expect around the kelp beds today. That's what we've been getting a lot of folks on, and it's been working pretty good. You know, it's been a fun week. I had a little bit of a little personal event out there playing with the band. Got away from the fishing for a little bit for a couple days, and uh, it was good to get back out on the water today with my guests. Uh, Throughout the week, we had a few spots here and there that we got out there, little half-day trips. Getting back into the full-day swing here pretty soon, so expect a lot more fish to be seen on the reports. You know, you just never know when that bite's going to be, if it's going to be first thing in the morning, a little bit later on in the morning, or even later in the day. So if you got the time to put the time in the water, get out there and do so. Whether you go on a friend's boat, a party boat, one of these uh, open charters that are out there, calling another captain like myself, whatever it takes, get out there, get on a boat, have some fun. And remember, if the fish don't uh, bite, especially if you're on a private boat or with a buddy, you know, if the fish aren't biting just while you're sitting on a spot with that bait swimming freely like they should bite it, 
just kick that motor in gear and just you know, do a little soft troll and just kind of drag that thing around a little bit. You'd be surprised. And if that doesn't work, believe it or not, sometimes just putting that live bait away and throwing a spoon or an iron, you know, that Phoenix Cedros iron is really good little bait. Uh, you can get them in mackerel pattern, get them in a sardine pattern, whatever you like, or just good old-fashioned crocodile sometimes. I like just that orange stripe, 5 8 ounce crocodile. It would get you more bonita than you could ever expect. But just get something out there, something flashing, and uh, you can always move those a little faster. Or get a big old Magnum Rapala. Drag that behind the boat, and those you can go even faster. You can get up to about four and a half miles an hour before those start rolling on you. And if those fish want something fast, you can't beat that. If they want even faster than that, of course, go to your jets and your tuna-type lures and troll. And for you guys who want to get out a little bit further and and, uh, throw on the steel leader after those wahoo, have at it. I mean, this is a great time to be out on the water and uh, just experiment. Just do some things that we normally don't do in San Diego. Just a little quick word. Took some guys out today that uh, fish Oceanside Harbor a lot, and they're catching bonefish up in Oceanside Harbor. How's that for El Nino for you? So, you know, we're getting bonefish in San Diego Bay still, just like we normally do here and there. It's kind of spotty. It's uh, it's a little bit warm, but uh, we're catching them. They're a little bit deeper, but they're getting them all the way up in Oceanside. How cool is that? So, again, get out there, whether you rent a boat, go on a buddy's boat, Hop on to any of our great sport fishing fleet that's out there. Whatever it takes, get on the water, get out there, have some fun. If you want to give me a call, I'd be more than happy to get you out there myself, show you all the little neat uh, tricks and techniques that we do. It's 619-395-0799 is the phone number. Again, this is Captain James Nelson at thefishicon.com is another way to reach me. So thefishicon.com. Or 619-395-0799. And if that's still a little bit much for you, I know I talk fast. If you didn't get that down, just go to rodandreelradio.com. There's a link there. There's a a few other links for a lot of great boats for you guys to get on. Just uh, check out rodandreelradio.com for some archives, too. I really love that, that site. It's beautiful. You know, Ben, John, Stan, Wendy, they all do a great job of just setting that up for you guys. It's a great resource out there, always on top of what's happening, always on, on top of Southern California fishing and even beyond. So check it out. Thanks again. Well, that's it for this evening, and thank you for listening. On behalf of Stan, Wendy, I'm Hopalong. We want to thank JR and our AM540 studios for putting the broadcast out tonight. Also, I want to thank Ben Harvey for putting together this best of show for you tonight. So always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Captain Eddie McEwen, who gave us this great heritage that we have that we call Ron Real Radio, we want to thank you for listening. You guys go out and have yourself a great week of fishing. Stay safe. We look forward to seeing you on the water. We're out for now.